0: Hello and welcome to Cover to Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George.
1: And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing Catching Fire. Catching Fire was written by Suzanne Collins and was published in 2009.
0: And the film adaptation, which came out in 2013, was directed by Francis Lawrence.
1: And here we are doing the second Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. So exciting. <laughs> if you haven't listened to our first Hunger Games... You probably don't exist because you have obviously listened to our first Hunger Games Yes, <laughs> we're not just
0: jumping to the second one for no reason. We did, we did the first movie and book as
1: well.
0: Yeah, uh, actually, I just read uh, that because this is there's a director change from the first one to this one. Yeah. And Francis Lawrence will go on to do the following two movies as well. Mm-hmm. And apparently I read that the original director was asked to return and turn down. The opportunity. So, really? Yeah, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but Francis Lawrence stepped up and would. He's kind of like the um, uh, the David Yates of yes. this franchise <laughs> who directed Harry Potter's Five through Eight. Whatever the Fantastic Beasts were <laughs> oh, on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's still doing them, oh I think. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so yeah. But I wonder actually who's directing the, the new one. The new one. The prequel. the prequel. It might be him again. I'm curious now.
1: We'll have to look into that.
0: Yes. But. This episode, we're talking about Catching Fire.
1: Yes, and I'm so excited to get into it. We have a lot to discuss, so let's just start, man. Like, (laughs) What are we waiting for? Katniss and Peeta survive the games, but they're traumatized forever, right? Let's see how they're doing. We pick up with them. How are they doing? Are they thriving? Are they... Swimming in their coins like um, Scrooge McDuck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) While everyone else is just starving for bread all around them. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, Katniss is suffering from PTSD. Yeah. So that's fun. Uh, The movie depicts this in a really smart way, I think, with her trying to shoot a turkey. Yeah. And then suddenly seeing actor Jack Quaid (laughs) being shot with a arrow. (laughs) I I love that they brought him back for like 0. 0.5 seconds for
1: Katniss to shoot him again. Yes. Yeah.
0: And uh and Gale is kind of being moody mm-hmm. because everything that happened with PETA, even though Katniss has been like that was for, to win. Yeah. That was for survival. Well,
1: and Gale takes this opportunity to be like I like you and kisses her and Katniss is very confused. Yes. Katniss is very much like I don't feel like I can open up my heart when literally like the threat of death is still weighing so heavily on me. Yeah. I she, think
0: it's She's probably like, maybe like in the next few years, like that will ease. Like, probably nothing else is gonna happen anytime soon, and I'll yeah, get to relax. I'll
1: recover. Nothing <laughs> bad is ever gonna happen to me again. I'm certainly not gonna suffer any more <laughs> trauma. <laughs> but I do think this is interesting and like, something to recognize is that, like, Katniss very clearly cares for both Gail and Peeta in different ways, but also she has been through a lot of trauma and uh, continues to go through a lot yeah. of trauma. And, you know, we kind of have this idea that, like, these tough life or death situations will make things sharper and you'll know, like, who you're supposed to be with mm. or what you want. But I actually think, like, when you think of, like, the fight or flight response, There's also like the freeze response to. And also like physically your body when you are in like, you know, life or death situations, literally other parts of your body are shut down. Mm -hmm. Right. And that correlates to PTSD. Right. People experiencing PTSD, their brains cannot recognize that they're safe. Mm -hmm. And so there's like a disconnect between like what is real, what isn't. And also like what they have time to focus on and what they don't because they always think that they're going to die. Yeah. So I think it's totally valid and really interesting that Katniss is not able to be like, oh, I love you or I love the other person. And she's really like, she's not trying to lead Gail on. No. But she is just kind of like, I cannot deal with this right now. No.
0: Well, and her situations with each of them is radically different, right? She has Mm -hmm. this whole history with Gail, right? Yeah. Like, of just uh, hunting together, helping each other survive, helping each other's families. And I mean, they started to hang out before they were probably even, like, really interested in the opposite sex or, like, dating or anything like that. So, like, that confuses it. And then she has this radically extreme Experience with PETA. Trauma bonding
1: experience. Yes. Yeah. Where,
0: like, her and PETA, to neither of their faults, are kind of like codependent in a way now. Yeah. And, but, like, he's still a genuinely, like, good person Mm -hmm. and a good person of her to have in her life, but she also doesn't know how to, like, deal with that. Yeah. So she just has, like, so much to figure out. And I think it's interesting how this book. And story. I think the book leans into it a little heavy at points. Yeah. This kind of love triangle dilemma. Mm-hmm. But I think it always takes the stance of like, this is secondary. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know how to process how I'm feeling.
1: Yeah, exactly. And between Katniss and Peter right now, it's kind of tense and very uncomfortable because after Peter realized that Everything that happened in the games was just a ploy to keep them alive. He's just kind of hurt, I think. And also Katniss has been like trying not to continue that lie. Yeah. So now they just don't know how to act around each other.
0: It's interesting. In in terms of the movies, we never got that reveal scene. No. Because in the end of the first book, it's revealed to Peeta that Katniss was kind of putting on a show Mm -hmm. and he wasn't. And he was kind of hurt by that. We never got that in the first movie. No.
1: So this movie has Katniss telling Gale it was all an act. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Peta, mm-hmm. And then it has her and Peta just being kind of cold to each other. Yeah,
0: but like when and how did Peta find out? Like we yeah. never get like we any kind of. We never get that revelation. Yeah. I agree. I also don't like in the film how Peta and Peta quickly like kind of goes back against this, but like he's kind of cold to her and says something about like, oh, I almost thought that kiss was real for a second. Yeah. Because they do an interview mm-hmm. and I love this interview scene <laughs> where in the film, especially there's just like these robotic arms, these films. <laughs> cameras and it's like weird and mm-hmm. cold and they're on live tv and, just, and they're
1: trying to act in love and it's very uncomfortable <laughs> yeah and i
0: love when it cuts back just to this robot arm like <laughs> zooming in on them <laughs> but she kisses Peta, and he makes a comment about afterwards about like uh that almost felt real and i'm like can you
1: can you can, stop can all Pita? the boys <laughs> in her life
0: just like chill out and like give her some space please
1: yeah and to be fair they they mostly do. They do.
0: Yeah, Peter quickly later on is like I shouldn't have said that.
1: Yeah, we have to talk about the scene with President Snow though because Yes. President Snow personally comes to Katniss's house to speak with her. And he's literally like, "Okay, let's like not bullshit. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate you." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "When you and Peter ate those berries, it kind of seems like you were defying the capital, mm. And a lot of the districts think that you are a symbol of revolution. And Katniss is like, nah, I'm not into that. Like, I really don't want to do that. And President Snow is like, okay, I believe you. But you have to put on like a really great show when you go on your victory tour, because mm-hmm. they're going to go tour all the districts to rub it in their faces that yep. these two kids won and all of your kids are dead.
0: And they put like the parents and families of the dead victors on, on a platform.
1: Yeah. And so he's like, OK, you just go out there. You kiss PETA a bunch. Make mm-hmm. everybody think that it's just all about your love story. Make everybody forget about Revolution. This is all on you now. Yes.
0: I have a question. Has Donald Sutherland, who plays uh, President Snow, Mm -hmm. has he ever played Santa Claus in a movie?
1: (laughs) I don't think so. He
0: would be a very good Santa Claus. I don't think I can picture him as Santa Claus after being Snow. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I'm like, he kind of has this like fake sickly sweet jovial kind of quality father
1: charm yes he even has the granddaughter yes he's he a granddaughter <laughs> yeah. in the film and i'm like
0: i feel like he could be a good santa claus but also he's I, deeply upsetting He's <laughs> quite upsetting now like i don't think i could ever buy him now yeah but also he just looks like santa claus he really
1: does in this movie
0: i named him bad santa in a few of my <laughs> bad notes santa. <laughs> bad santa
1: <laughs> i love that also like the snow yes name, yeah you know oh my it god it, 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 it does bad santa ruining katniss's life yeah <laughs> Bringing
0: gifts of uh, death threats to all.
1: Yeah. Also, he smells like blood. Yeah. Um, is this something we figure out later? I can't remember. I couldn't
0: remember either because yeah. the film alludes to this, too, where he's taking a drink from champagne and kind of spits up
1: blood. Yeah. And I'm like, is he dying? I feel like he has some kind of medical condition that maybe we read about in the third book. Maybe. Or maybe it's in the prequel because that's about snow.
0: That's true. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we find out a different way. But yeah, she's like, he smells like blood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like- great
1: <laughs> bad bloody santa <laughs> mm.
0: uh so they they begin their victory tour yeah and it starts off with Peta and katniss kind of making amends for yeah. everything like
1: you said Peta actually takes the initiative here and is like listen i'm really sorry for the way i was acting because i was hurt yes but i understand that you did what you did to keep both of us alive
0: yeah and also, we're probably stuck together for the rest <laughs> of our lives, so we should probably be cool with each other. At least friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I like this moment and them, and like this kind of joking conversation about like, what's your favorite color? I literally don't know anything about you. <laughs> 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 Uh, But so they arrive at District 11. Yeah. The first stop on their tour. Mm -hmm. And we have to address something here that was like we maybe talked about in the last episode. We did talk about
1: it a little bit. (laughs) But it is
0: brought more to the forefront in this scene where they arrive in District 11. And that is that not only is everyone in District 11 black. But we also see them. What I'm like 99 sure is them picking cotton.
1: Yes, it's a cotton field. Ian. Okay, we I, saw that. We shot. We saw a shot of that in the first movie too. Did we? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I missed that, but I. No,
1: we talked about it in the episode. Okay.
0: <laughs> see, I've totally forgotten about that. I remember seeing a TikTok about
1: this. Yeah.
0: But yeah, so um, I am very conflicted about this.
1: Yeah, I don't love this. I mean, it's great that they're like, black people exist in this world. But like, if you think about Panem as being a version of the United States, Mm -hmm. that something crazy has happened and now there's this dystopian society, right? Like, the way our society is right now, uh, there's black people everywhere. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They don't just exist in one state or one area. Yeah. So either they intentionally put all the black people in one district, which is... Hitler stuff.
0: <laughs> like we need to address that. Or that's
1: all what the did. black people decided to move to one area and they yeah, like. Yeah,
0: because like there's no black people in District twelve. No. Or like
1: any of the
0: I No, we, uh BT in the film at least. That's true. Is black.
1: Yeah, and he's from District three. Four. I
0: thought three? it was three. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it's three. three. Yeah. But yeah, not many other people of color, but <laughs> yeah. like everyone from eleven. And the the cotton thing, like mm-hmm. like I mean, it's not that a fascist futuristic dictatorship would be um, thoughtful about this. Like, maybe we sh- maybe this would be, like, yeah. uh, in bad taste if we made all the black people pick cotton.
1: But the fact that the movie chooses this, <laughs> yeah. they could have just put some white people in there. Yeah, it could
0: have been a... <laughs> um, like it, it would it would be fine if it was like more black people in this yeah. first district maybe than others yeah and there were still some in other districts yes but it is just like yeah everybody
1: yeah it's weird I don't like it it's
0: kind of, yeah it's very noticeable yeah I guess
1: it's very like this is only the area for these type of people
0: yeah like, and it's like if this is a thing which it doesn't seem to be at least in the films because of BT but like. We need an explanation? Yeah, or
1: like, how did this happen? And, and this
0: does seem to be based on the book because everyone, as far as I could tell, who came from District 11 that's described in the book is described as being black. Yeah. So this isn't something that the movie fabricated either.
1: Yeah, but the book didn't say every single person in the crowd was black. That's true. <laughs> but, like,
0: I mean, you know, you had Rue and Th- Thresh from yeah. the first one, and then both winning tributes mm-hmm. from that district returning are both black. Yeah. And I can't remember if the old man who gets shot.
1: I don't remember either.
0: But yeah, anyway. Anyway,
1: an old man gets shot. <laughs> an old
0: man gets shot uh, <laughs> because of Katniss and Peta. They arrive for their victory speech and Peta as a showing of Good faith, or you know, as for respect to the tributes, because Rue and Thresh both kind of like helped them in different ways. Yeah. He promises the months of their wages, or at least his wages, to each family for the rest of his life, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which kind of causes like
2: a A disturbance. Yeah. I love in
0: the film the. I forget who turns to Haymitch and is like... Effie. Effie. Like, can he do that? And (laughs) Haymitch is like, he just did.
1: (laughs) I love Effa being like, I should just stick to the cards.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Katniss kind of swept up in the moment and seeing Rue kind of begins to talk to the families and Mm -hmm. like saying how they both helped her survive and how much especially Rue meant to her. Yeah. And that she's so sorry that this happened. And then this begins... The crowd begun by the old man mm-hmm. giving the District 12 signal of what is it like supposed to be respect?
2: Or... Yeah,
1: it's like a three finger kiss salute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if this is like an ancient thing, if more than one district knows it. See, well, that's the
0: thing, though. I think they don't. I think because she does that. In the first game, right? Yeah. So I think they saw it probably,
1: mm, and adopted and it, and adopt.
0: And that's what I really love about this moment is it's kind of this sense of like connecting the districts, which the Capitol specifically tries to disassociate yeah. from each other. Like they're adopting each other's. Uh, traditions. traditions and signals and it's kind of like unifying them. So like, Yeah,
1: I like that take. Everyone yeah. in
0: District 11 doing the signal from District 12 I think is like a really powerful moment.
1: Yeah, and they pair it with Rue's um, Mockingjay call. Yes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, this leads to a bunch of other people doing the symbol and then kind of like this riot forming.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the peace pe- peacekeepers, who are the cops, come up and try to like quell the crowd and they shoot the old guy. Like, right in front of Katniss. Yeah, in front of
0: everybody. Yeah. And Katniss is just, like, shocked, and it's kind of this, like, moment of chaos, and Mm -hmm. Hamish whisks Katniss and uh, Peeta away to Mm -hmm. talk in private. I really love, especially in the book... How much it's talked about, like, the paranoia mm-hmm. of people, of the Capitol listening to them. Yeah.
1: Trying to find somewhere where they can't be heard or yeah. seen, like, cameras and microphones.
0: Katniss is always like, I just assume that all of her houses are bugged. Yeah. Like, just, I. that's my assumption at all times. Yeah. Uh, so they're constantly trying to figure out ways to, like, communicate with each other.
1: Yeah. In this scene, Katniss ends up revealing to Haymitch and PETA, or in the book, just to PETA, that, oh, Snow visited me and um, he wants us to really sell this and not incite rebellion. Like the opposite of we, what we just did here.
0: Yes. <laughs> and... I, this is such a great moment, too. I think it really sets up the stakes moving forward because Katniss says something about, like, we just have to get through this tour. This tour. And Hey Mitch. And, I mean, Woody Harrelson, <laughs> we, we praised him last movie. We'll praise him again. He's so good as Hey Mitch. But I love him kind of, like, snapping at her and yeah. being like, wake up. This doesn't end with the tour. You two are going to be mentors now. Mm-hmm. You're going to be going to the Capitol every year to Every single Hunger year. Games. They're yeah. going to want updates on your life. You two are stuck together. This isn't ending anytime soon. This is your life now. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I love this moment. And I think especially how it's – so much of this movie takes dialogue straight from the book. Yeah. Which is great. And it also just plays so well to actors performing it. Like it's really well written.
1: Yeah. And obviously the movie can't take every single line of dialogue from the movie – or from the book. But I think the movie chooses the – really important lines yeah and so they're heightened in the movie right because it's not there's not as much of the book going on in the background
0: so they continue on their tour and this is kind of interesting because we actually get more of this in the film than we do the book which is like probably the only time that will ever happen in the whole (laughs) franchise yeah but we get a lot of snippets of kind of a montage of them going to each district talking you can see Katniss just kind of robotically reading these cars that Effie gives them. Yeah. And kind of like, Panem for now, Panem forever. <laughs> yes. That whole thing. Mm-hmm. And you can see this anger in the crowds. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of them see Katniss as like a, a rebel now and are yeah. trying to like
1: give them something yes yeah and she
0: just won't and mm-hmm. there's more anger going on and we see snow watching this and seeming displeased
1: yeah and i think you can see on katniss's face that she's upset right mm-hmm. because she wants to respond to these people that are clearly in distress but she's being forced to act out this role yeah which i think is really interesting Um, Also around this time, Katniss and Peeta start sleeping together, but not in the sexy way, in the sad, emotional, (laughs) trauma bonding way. (laughs) I
0: know, like, it's really sweet. Yeah. But also my personal canon is that at some point they started banging yeah <laughs> like at some point in all of their supportive sleeping in each other's beds mm-hmm. they they started there's gonna sex. be a lot of
1: fan fiction out there that has that in it <laughs> I, I mean absolutely
0: so that's my personal canon i mean
1: it's so sweet because katniss and pita both have really bad nightmares now yeah. because of being in the in the games and one night katniss just asked pita to stay when he comes to check on her mm-hmm and, like, often now, they still have nightmares, but they'll wake up and they'll they'll be together. Yeah. And it's, like, very comforting. Yeah. And I'm like, my fragile heart cannot <laughs> handle this. <laughs> They're so
0: good. And it's brought up so many times. It's kind of impressive how PETA is a really... You like his character, despite him almost being, like, too perfect. Very
1: bland, yeah. Yeah,
0: like, he doesn't have a lot going on, but I think... He's just such a good-hearted person, and he shows that too, mm-hmm. right? Like him wanting to give his money to the families yes. of District Eleven, and yeah, um, he's just a pure person. And it's brought up multiple times, like Haymitch telling Katniss, like you could live a thousand lifetimes and never not, deserve him. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so they begin to bond more in this way yeah. on this tour. Mm-hmm. Eventually, their tour ends in the Capitol. Yes where uh, they are whisked away into this ball mm-hmm. by President the President Snow's party. Yeah. And, uh, boy, is it <laughs> is it a real demonstration of what the Capitol's
1: like. I do want to mention Katniss's outfit here. Mm-hmm. She does look like a bird. This is, like, a precursor to yes. her being the Mockingjay later. <laughs> but she has, like... Things oh. on her shoulders that look like wings. I
0: did notice and, that, like, yeah. And, like, one
1: guy in the crowd just, like, <laughs> reaches out and, like, touches her shoulder. And I'm like, was that planned? Like, did they tell that extra to do that? Or did he just reach out and be like, ooh. Because he's, like, the
0: only one yeah. who does it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I saw that, too. Just his hand coming out and stroking her arm. I
1: really love this. Outfit, though, because it is a precursor to her being the Mockingjay later.
0: Yeah, and Peta has some good outfits, too. Like, mm-hmm. they're they're kind of, like, not overly flashy. Definitely the styles in the movies. Like, Effie is the most yes. of what the capital is. <laughs> mm-hmm. But a lot of it's toned down more, I think, than, like, it is in the book. Yeah. Like, in the book, people just have, like, green skin yeah. <laughs> and just, like, jewel-encrusted body parts and like they're just crazy (laughs) uh but it's way more toned down i think in the in the film
1: yeah there is a moment here at this ball where Pete and katniss are saying like oh i'm so full i can't eat anymore because there's so much great food and one of their stylists is like oh just drink this this liquid now
0: drink the vomit juice (laughs) and they're
1: like what and they're like oh yeah you vom and then you can (laughs) eat more and i'm like you're describing bulimia
0: yeah but I mean, that's what they used to do at like-
1: The Roman- the, Yes, Roman yeah. feasts, right? Which, you know, notoriously, Suzanne Collins has drawn inspiration from Greek and Roman mm-hmm. myths and also like the Roman gladiators fighting, you yeah. know? So that would make sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a pretty good indicator of like what we're dealing with. <laughs> yeah. At this point, we are introduced to Plutarch. Is that it? Plutarch Heavensby? Who yes. is the new head- is it game keeper
1: game maker game
0: maker head head game maker for the upcoming 25th 75th annual hunger games
1: (laughs) after seneca crane uh died from some (laughs) berries
0: (laughs) after he just happened to eat the same poisoned berries uh so he has a scene where he dances with katniss and Mm -hmm. katniss just like wants nothing to do with him. and we have to mention in the film he is played by the amazing philip seymour hoffman
1: yeah, really great casting here.
0: He just has such a good screen presence. Like, mm-hmm. even when he's not doing much, like, in a scene I like know. This.
1: He, he so underplays this, but, like, it's perfect, yes. right?
0: Also, he just has such a good voice. Yes. Like, I could just listen to him talk. He's got this kind of great baritone, mm-hmm. slightly raspy voice, and just, like, the cadence of how he delivers lines. Yeah.
1: There's a moment in the book where he kind of shows her a watch that has the Mockingjay symbol on it. Yeah. And in the movie, it's more that he kind of says to her, like, I volunteered for this job. Maybe you inspire me. And just so the kind of this hint of something maybe going on with him. Yeah. That both versions managed to convey to us. Yes. Uh, We also need to mention that PETA publicly proposes to Katniss at this point because they've decided to do this whole like marriage thing to try to get President Snow to like lay off them.
0: Yeah, and it's really sad because, like, Katniss brings this up earlier. At least I remember the scene in the uh, film where she's like, we could get married. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to have to anyway. And that yeah. would, like, be a huge distraction. And Peeta just kind of is like, all right, and then, like, leaves the room. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just so hurt by it.
1: He's upset.
0: Yeah. but in,
1: in the book, there's a line where I think Haymitch says, like, he wanted it to be real. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if he proposed to you, he wanted it to be real. Yeah. That's so sad. <laughs> oh, <Tita.
0: laughs> So they've been doing a lot to try to, like, reverse this, like...
1: Uprising? Uprising
0: that's going on throughout the districts. And at this party, Katniss gets a moment in the book she actually kind of gets to, like, be up there with Snow, like, yeah. on the stage. And he just kind of, like, smiles and shakes his head. And I love it in the film. It's a moment where fireworks are going off and everyone is looking away from Mm -hmm. President Snow. But she looks back at him and he just kind of gives this, like, shake of the head. Yeah. And she just knows, like, we haven't done enough.
1: Mm -hmm. And he's still going to fucking kill us or my Mm -hmm. family or whatever. This leads into, like, obviously Katniss is like, okay, well, President Snow has personally targeted me and my family and all my all the people that I love and their family.
0: Yeah. And their family and friends <laughs> and the family of their friends.
1: <laughs> and she and Gail have this moment together in the woods after they get back from the tour. And she's like, listen, we just need to run away. Mm-hmm. We talked about this in the first book before I was... You know, my sister was chosen and I volunteered for her that, like, the two of us could run away. We could live in the woods. We have the survival skills. We can take the whole family, you know. And Gail at first, in the book at least, is really into this because he yeah. thinks, like, she wants to run away with him, basically. And she's
0: like, uh, no.
1: And then she's like, well, we'd be bringing PETA also. <laughs> <laughs> and Gail is like, what? <laughs> Just you. Me. PETA. PETA. Your family. My family. Hey, Mitch.
0: <laughs> PETA's family.
1: <laughs> that one lady that makes that weird soup at the hob.
0: <laughs> Everyone else in the hob. Um uh, uh,
1: my the mayor's daughter, who's Madge. my friend yeah. also.
0: <laughs> Probably the mayor too.
1: <laughs> and then Gail is like not as excited. And yeah. he's upset with her. And then they end up talking about, like, the potential uprisings happening. And Gail is very much like, look, if there are uprisings happening in other districts, we need to do what we can here to, like, make that happen. And also, like, support the other districts.
0: Yeah. And no amount of whipping is going to get me to change my mind. I'm just saying that. He's like,
1: I'm going to say this now, and there will be no consequences, like, five minutes away. Like, in two seconds.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, So peacekeepers kind of start cracking down on the districts at this point
1: yeah they, especially district 12
0: yes the head peacekeeper is swapped out for this just authoritarian piece of shit and they begin burning the hob burning like any kind of like shanty towns and like settlements yeah. and just kind of like having this crazy amount of authoritarian peacekeeping <laughs> You know, yeah. Peacekeeping, cop shit, cop shit. Yes. They
1: start um whipping Gail because he was caught hunting. In the book, yeah. In
0: the film, in the film, it's he de- he defends a woman who's oh, being yeah. attacked by peacekeepers, which mm-hmm. I kind of like that a little bit more. He's yeah, kind of being whipped for being heroic as opposed to just having, having a, ter- a turkey,
1: <laughs> a turkey in hand, <laughs> an
0: unregistered turkey.
1: <laughs> um, Cadness is able to stop this from happening. And then P- both Peeta and Hamish end up defending her, too, to get Gail out of there. I think this is really interesting, though, because it does give you this perspective, especially in the book, that, like, things have been bad in 12. Like, they are starving. Yes. Right? Everybody is, like, sick and dying, and they don't have enough money. They don't have enough food. But, like, also, the peacekeepers and, like, the authoritarianism is, like, much less in that district. Yeah. And I think this was made apparent to Katniss when they visited, like, District 11. Yes. But now that's happening in District Twelve, yeah. And they've real—they're realizing that, like, oh, we kind of had it good before, mm-hmm. um, and this is what it looks like for the Capitol to be really controlling this district. But yeah, Gail.
0: Gail gets the shit whipped out of him. I do want to mention here that we have a redesign of the Peacekeeper uniforms. Oh, yeah. Which is so much better than the last movie, <laughs> where they kind of had weird transparent, like, half visors and helmets that look too small on them. Yeah. I, now they just have, like, full kind of black paneled helmets, and the, the general outfit is still kind of this white, crisp-looking design. But, yeah, it just better overall. They look more threatening now, mm-hmm. which I appreciate.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting to the book kind of gives us this opportunity here when Gail has been whipped for Katniss to feel like she's more in love with Gail now
0: Yeah, than she
1: has been. And she even has this comment in the book that like, Gail is mine. I belong to Gail. He belongs Mm -hmm. to me. And like, this feels very, I mean, it feels very tied to like her seeing him in danger and wanting to protect him. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it though.
0: Yeah, because her, like, decision to leave felt, like, originally, it kind of became tied up in the love triangle. Yeah. Where suddenly the decision to stay was to stay for Gail. Yeah. Because he decided to stay, whereas, like, the decision to leave would have been for PETA.
1: Which I'm like, I don't really see that.
0: No. And also just the book spends a lot of time at this point. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like, it reads still like you're still pretty engrossed in the story definitely and i get like especially in the book you have a year from where this story basically begins Mm -hmm. to before the next hunger games and it should feel like a year like
1: time spent
0: yes and it really does in the book like they kind of go through this really rough winter like this really torrential snow period Mm and uh kind of just surviving and getting through especially with like the the peacekeepers and discussing District 12 also gets, like, a lot of gifts because District 12 won the Hunger Games. So there's yeah. a lot of aspects going on at this point. But it also, like, wasn't my favorite part of the book. Yeah. And I think the movie manages to condense it pretty effectively.
1: Yeah, there's even a scene here where Katniss ends up running into some, like, runaways from District 8, I believe, who are heading to the mythical District 13, which we've been led to believe has been destroyed Mm -hmm. um, in the original uprising 75 years ago. But the people from District 8 are like, it's still active. There are people there. That's where like the resistance is. That's where we're going. So that's like the first hint in the book. Anyway, not in the movie, that there might be something going on in the districts and at District 13.
0: Yeah. And Hamish, when Katniss tells him this, says, nah, like that's just kind of the desperate dreams of yeah. people who are, you know, fleeing like fascism and just <laughs> yeah. like don't don't pay any attention to it.
1: Speaking about uh like added things, let's talk about what the movie adds and the scenes between Plutarch and President Snow.
0: Yes. Uh so we get and and this was similar to the other film too because the book is completely from Katniss's first person point of view, right? Yes. Uh and the first movie did give us scenes of Snow and Seneca Seneca Crane, Crane, the the original game maker before he ate some berries. And now (laughs) it's between Snow and Plutarch. Yeah. And this is interesting because we get a lot of Plutarch and Philip Seymour Hoffman's fantastic performance because he delivers these lines so cold, right? Yes. And he's kind of not defending Katniss, but telling Snow, like, we can't kill her, but let's get... The rebels to hate her. Yeah. So like she's going to be getting married to PETA. He's Mm -hmm. like, so let's make everything about her wedding. Right. Yeah. And let's like in the in the media, like combine this with like scenes of violence Mm -hmm. and like suppressing the rebellion. So and in the movie, he gives a line like uh, so the news will be what dress is she wearing flogging? Uh, what what date is the wedding? Public execution. Like yeah. He's just like going th- this escalation of mm-hmm. how they'll get people to publicly hate her.
1: Trying to associate her more with the capital than with the districts.
0: Yeah, he talks about making her one of them. Mm-hmm. And later on, because things aren't really being suppressed with the rebellion and Plutarch later tells Snow like when the games go on. Yeah, this is a a bit of a spoiler when when she's in the game, spoiler, (laughs) when she's in the games and she starts killing people, people will not see her as this rebel anymore. They'll see her as like just another person.
1: Yeah. So Plutarch really kind of playing up this idea of like, we have to we can't just kill her. We have to like ruin her image publicly so that people know that she's not this martyr or symbol of resistance. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is just so interesting i love yeah i love just getting this insight in the film out of katniss's perspective and why the Capitol is making the decisions that it is making yeah like i think it makes enough sense in the book but i do appreciate that added that zooming out in the film
1: yeah and i really liked that in the first movie as well
0: i did too mm-hmm. i didn't like it as much during the hunger games itself yeah but this movie also cut that back
2: a bit
1: mm-hmm well, it's time to announce the Quarter Quell, which is the 75th annual Hunger Games. Every 25 years, they do something a little extra special instead of just murdering children <laughs> or having children murder each other. Sometimes you need to spice it up a bit. Yeah, you're like, I'm so bored of watching children kill each other on live TV. <laughs>
0: I've been watching it for 20 25 years, years how can something... we make
1: it spicy? Yeah, give me something <laughs> new. Give me something
0: fresh. Apparently
1: in the 25th, They had each district vote on which children they were going to send to the Hunger Games. That is cold. That is. Apparently, that's what the prequel's about. So I'd be really interested. I'm actually
0: like, the more I'm rereading these books, I know people were like, a prequel about President Snow, like, why? But the more I'm reading, I'm like, I I really want to know more about this world.
1: Yeah. The 50th was they um, reaped twice as many kids from each district. And now in this one, it is announced that... They are just going to choose from the people who have won the games and they have to choose a male and female because they're super cisgender over here in Pan Am. <laughs> <laughs> do you think someone is non-binary and they're like. Do you think, is could, and yes, do you think like, they could get out of the games if they're just like, I'm non-binary and the capital
0: like respects it? And they're like, okay. You know what? Like there's a lot of non-binary people in the capital. Like we get it. <laughs> We're very fluid. You said, no, you said this. One.
1: They have a district of only black people, Ian. They are not. They are not I, trans and non-binary inclusive. I'm pretty sure if someone
0: identified as non-binary, they would just include them In They're like, both
1: races. They're, yeah,
0: they're like there's also a non-binary category that we'll choose from. So if you are that, it's just
1: two of you. So. <laughs>
0: Oh, God. <laughs> anyway,
1: because they have to choose one male and one female, Katniss knows immediately she's the only female who's alive that has won from District 12, yeah. which means she is going to the next Hunger Games.
0: And it's either going to be PETA or Hamish get cho- that gets chosen. Yeah it's not a spoiler to say Peta gets chosen, or I should say Hamish gets chosen and Peta gets to volunteer, volunteer. for him, which is interesting because it made me wonder, like, I know there's careers in the other mm-hmm. um, districts. If more than one person volunteers, is it just, like, whoever does it first, I, I don't wonder? know, that's
1: a good question.
0: And it's also interesting that, like, the volunteer gets precedent, or, like, is gets preference, I'm sorry, over the, the person, who person chose who's chosen, because Hamish is like, if they chose me and Peta volunteers, there's nothing I can do yeah which is interesting
1: Mm -hmm. but
0: where is that going with this
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i want to talk about katniss's reaction to this yes yeah right because she has this like visceral reaction where she runs and is screaming like outside in the book she ends up like in an abandoned house just like destroying shit Mm -hmm. right and this is something that was like the worst experience of her life and the only way that she's been able to get through it is that she got through it and she doesn't have to do it again yeah. and now they're like guess what we're doing it again to you mm-hmm. and like katniss knows that this isn't an accident right she knows that snow did this so he could kill her
0: speaking of that i love the aspect that it is kind of it's more implied in the book that the quarter Quells were decided on When the Hunger Games began. Yeah. These were, like, written on pieces of paper. Ancient paper. (laughs) Sealed in envelopes and to be opened later. But I love that it gives Snow this excuse of being like, I'm just reading the cards. Like, I'm not. I didn't pick this. Because obviously people are upset that, like, you can't send Katniss back into the game. We love her. And they the the Capitol really loves all of the uh, victors. victors. Because they're kind of celebrities, right? Mm -hmm. They keep... Coming back for all the other Hunger Games, they're mentors, they're kind of yeah. well-known and loved in the capital, and Snow is able to, like, pass on blame by mm-hmm. being like, I'm just opening and reading the envelope, Which, I didn't and pick and Katniss this.
1: knows he could manipulate that.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's just so real to life, yeah. of, a, of a political leader and figure being like, I, I don't have any control the over rules. this, uh, yeah. I'm just reading from this card. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Katniss eventually realizes that Haymitch and Peta are also a factor, and she rushes to Haymitch's house where Haymitch yes. is drinking. <laughs> and Haymitch is like, "Oh, you finally figured out what's going on. Peta was here half an hour ago."
0: <laughs> boy, that boy sure loves you. Yeah. And he tells Katniss like, "I have no control whether I go or Peta goes. It depends mm-hmm. on who gets called first and who volunteers." And she tells him, like promise me that if it ends up having to be PeTA that you will do everything you can, yeah, to protect him, not me, mm-hmm. protect him,
1: yeah,
0: in the games and and Haymitch begrudgingly like makes that promise, right Yeah, that is that that's what I wanted to say was even though I get why PeTA had to be involved again in the Hunger Games, oh man, I wish we could have gotten Haymitch. <laughs> hey In In the arena with Katniss? In the actual arena with Katniss. That would have been great.
1: Yeah, just bitching to everybody.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. And I say that more of just, like, seeing Woody Harrelson specifically involved.
1: Yeah. But, of course, Haymitch is chosen at the Reaping. Katniss is chosen. And PETA volunteers. Because yeah, in, in Hamish's place. And Peta, Peta volunteers because he wants to be in the arena so that he can protect Katniss. Because Peta wants Katniss to live. Katniss wants Peta to live. Yeah. And they're in this deadlock. They can't agree.
0: And it's sad because, like, if Hamish did go, there's theoretically the chance that Katniss could win again and they could still be together. Be together. But yeah. him going into the arena is guaranteeing that they won't be together because one of them is going to die.
1: And I think it's just that they can't be apart, right? We talked about the codependency. Yes. Right? They've been through, like, all this trauma, and now Peta, to him, it's inconceivable to allow Katniss to go through this without him being there with her.
0: Yes. Also, it's worth mentioning, in case you forgot, in the book, Peeta ha- has lost a leg. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> he had to have his leg amputated from the last Hunger Games.
1: Yeah. So he's like. He's he, a mechanical leg. He's
0: fine, but like he's probably not in like the best condition to be like re entering the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm.
1: I think this reaping, which is very glossed over in the book, but we get a moment yes. of this in the movie, especially with Effie reading out. Yeah. Because we know what it was like last year, right? We remember Effie being like so Ooh, bright and happy yeah. and everyone is so upset. Yeah. And in this one, she's trying to be bright and happy, but she cannot do it.
0: She's so upset.
1: Yeah. And I love this
0: arc for Effie, like her, I think really for the first time grappling with the idea of like. What this means. Yeah. And this person that she has grown attached to and having to send her back.
1: Because nobody in the Capitol knows anyone who goes to the Hunger Games. Yeah. And now she yes. knows someone yes. who's being sent to the Hunger Games and to someone that she cares about and likes, both Peta and Katniss. And so to, to have this is like a revelation for her. And, and it's really sad. And then there's this moment on the train when they're leaving after they've been chosen where she says she wants to get them all a token so that they can be matching because yeah, they're a team.
0: They're a team. Yeah. Uh, once again, the <laughs> casting. Yeah. Elizabeth Banks just... And like, the fact that she's able to deliver like, meaningful emotional dialogue looking the way that she does. <laughs> with her gold hair. <laughs> is so impressive, I think. Yeah. It's also worth mentioning that uh Katniss doesn't get any time with her family or loved ones before she goes. Neither does yeah. Peeta. They are just whisked away onto the train mm-hmm. and sent off. And it really, like, gives the tone of this Hunger Games that, like... It's personal. It's an execution. It yeah. is just meant... To, like, kill victors. Yeah. And we get a hint at this in the movie, too, where Snow alludes to the fact that, like, all of the victors are dangerous.
1: Mm-hmm. That,
0: like, they all they have— They all
1: could incite rebe- rebellion.
0: Th- they, they have a personal connection to the districts that they're, that they're from, obviously. And they yeah. also hold sway within the capital itself. So they're in a very powerful position that Snow yeah. does not like. So mm-hmm. he's like, we gotta kill these people. <laughs>
1: Let's kill 11 of them. Yes,
0: publicly. (laughs) Wait, no, not 11. uh, Oh, 23 of them. Yeah, (laughs) duh. (laughs) Uh, So they are taken to the train. And we get a scene here in the book where they're on the train. And PETA has specifically requested in the book that he wants tapes of all the victors winning. Yeah. He wants to see how they fight. He wants to know what strategies they might use. And they're Mm -hmm. researching this. And they happen to have a copy. He says tapes.
1: I know. And I'm like, is this VHS? Is this VHS? <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like this capitalistic future and yeah. they still just have VHS tapes. I love that. Each, each um, it's like a double VHS, like the Titanic. You're
1: Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> I love where your head's at. Uh, thank you.
0: Uh, but PETA is like. We have the one from the last uh, – the 50th Hunger Games, which was the last quarter quell that happened. Yeah. And also happens to be the one that Hamish won.
1: Yeah, because when you think about it, Hamish is the only victor alive from District 12.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they've never talked to him about the Hunger Games, obviously. Yeah. It's like you don't mention your specific trauma, <laughs> no. right? Hamish is a drunk now. There's a reason. Yes. But they get to watch this, and they watch it kind of secretly like they don't want Hamish to know. <laughs> Of course Hamich ends up like coming in at the end. Yeah. But I love this because we get to see why Hamish won. And yeah. we get to see a little bit into Hamich's character. As to, like, who he is, what he was, how he won, and, like, what that turned him into now.
0: Yes. And it also, like, smartly sets up the idea of force fields around the perimeter of the Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. Because in the previous games, when someone seemed to get to the edge, they just kind of, like, corralled them back to the center. With, like,
1: fire or something. With fire, yeah, or monsters
0: or whatever. But there is, like, an edge, right, that is, like, a barrier. And the one in this, in Hamish's Hunger Games, was, like... There was a cliff and if you jumped off, like the force field would just throw you back. So he would
1: like throw rocks. He was trying to find the edge the whole time. Yes. Of the games. And it ends up being this crazy thing where he's really injured and dying and he ends up leading this other like person who's trying to kill him to the edge. They throw this axe down into the cliff Into the cliff. Into the cliff. (laughs) And then it comes back and hits that person in the head. And kills them. And
0: kills them. I think it's like very cinematic. Like you can just imagine this happening. And I wish. Yeah. I I like get why it was kind of an unnecessary thing to include in the movies. But I almost wish we would have gotten it. I know. Because like I can just picture it so well. And like I don't know why I remembered this from reading these books what, over 10 years ago. I
1: didn't remember this at all. I
0: remembered this very specifically, how he <laughs> won with his force field and the axe mm-hmm. being thrown and coming back. and. But
1: this idea of, like, he used the arena and he kind of went against what the Capitol wanted yeah. him to do. Like, he cheated the system just like Peta and Katniss cheated the system with the berries. And, like, Hamish ends up coming in at the end and kind of like bantering (laughs) with them a little bit. But I really like this aspect of Hamish's character revealed in this scene. And it's also just like really cool to hear about.
0: So they arrive at the Capitol. The 75th Hunger Games is officially beginning. We get one comment about like oh, this is the 75th, it's a big deal. They've created new uh, <laughs> training quarters and housing for us, which yeah. I'm like, this is just an excuse for the increased production value. And
1: different sets than the, the, <laughs> the first movie. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh,
0: but so they're they're doing the the chariot entrance and everything mm-hmm. and, and the training. And this is where we get to actually meet uh, characters.
1: Yeah, and I find this so fascinating because each of these people we meet has won a Hunger Games, right? So there's something about them that made them win. Whether it's brute strength, cunning, dumb luck, or whatever. Like, all of these people won the Hunger Games. And so as Katniss and Peeta are meeting them, they're trying to figure out, like, what their secret is, right? Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: also trying to figure out, because Hamish is, like, trying to make some allies. Yes. And have allies in this Hunger Games. And who they can trust, who they can't.
0: Yeah, we meet Finnick first,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and this is another moment where every line, pretty much, I, I can't remember, I, like, I didn't compare, yeah. but every line of this interaction between Katniss and Finnick I think came straight from the book, and it's a testament to the writing of the dialogue in the book with how good it is, Yeah, but seeing it actually performed with actors and getting to experience the cadence, mm-hmm. the back and forth, the kind of like subverting tension. tension subverting each other's like lines kind of one upping each other like really comes to the forefront mm-hmm. and i just love this initial interaction between finnick and katniss
1: yeah really setting finnick up as this like competitive figure for katniss he's able to match her wits yeah he's super handsome <laughs> pa- played by uh, sam claflin yes and then we have joanna right joanna
0: played Je- by jenna malone jenna
1: malone And again, this is a scene straight from the book, right? Where she just strips naked in the elevator. But the added touch is her being like... Peta, can you unzip me <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence's face Oh my god During
1: this entire we have time have to like Put a screen grab up Or something <laughs> She's
0: just like Averting eye contact Her mouth is like Twisted Twisted Oh my god It's so And she holds that face For like The entire time It's so funny it, It's It's explained later And cause uh, Another guy like Kisses her right on the mouth And mm-hmm. Pita explains later Like oh They all think you're like Really sweet and innocent and they're fucking with you. Yeah. But like there's no explanation in the uh, film and I don't think it's needed. No. They're all just kind of quirky. Well,
1: and they're all trying to show off their dominance, right? Yes. Because they all are like alphas, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're all trying to like jockey for the position and try to like kind of upset the other person and see if they can get under their skin. Yes. And determine their weaknesses, right? Also, I
0: love that it's mentioned that Joanna like just kind of gets naked every chance she can. (laughs) I
2: think at one point she's
0: like going to wrestle in the training oh, facility yeah, and she strips, like oiling naked, herself up, oiling her breasts. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
1: Also, uh, Katniss seeks out at this time because people are making her feel weird. Uh, the weirdos of the group.
0: This, like, really touched me. I know. I don't know why, but just, like, her connecting with kind of the outcasts and deciding, like, I want these people on my team. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, you're so dumb but so (laughs) sweet. Like, I love it.
1: BD and Wiris, who are just, like, Really into technology and won their games through the use of technology and their brains.
0: Beatty killed like five people at <laughs> once by electrocuting them. Yeah. So he seems very, very sweet, normal but... behavior.
1: <laughs> but all of them have killed people. Oh, right. For sure. Yeah. And then there's Mags, the old woman who is um, from District 4, also from Phoenix District. He seems really close to her. Um, she actually volunteered. After another woman from her district was chosen, oh, I
2: know, and it's
1: really sad. Like you can tell, like she knows she's going to her death. Yeah, but she would have rather done it than this young woman who would have had to go on.
0: And you find out later that she was she's like a mentor to Finnick. Yeah, so they have like this, and there's one scene I think where they're all getting ready to do their um, demonstration yes. for the game masters and. Uh, You just see Finnick and her just kind of talking by themselves.
1: He's signing to her because she's like, she doesn't see. Was he? I didn't see that. Yeah, he's like using his hands to talk to her. It's so sweet (laughs) and very upsetting. God damn it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That only makes me angry.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's deeply upsetting.
0: Uh, So, yeah, they do their demonstrations or, um, you know, Katniss decides, like, I want to partner up with like these people. We get to the interviews.
1: Yes. Uh, Our favorite character, Caesar Flickman. So, oh, my God. This isn't
0: his first appearance, but every time. Every time. Every time he's on screen, he is just amazing. He is living. He's so <laughs> funny. He just, like, the even in the shots where he's talking about earlier on the proposal, Peter's yes. proposal to Katniss, and it's his face talking about it, and then behind him is, is like, a hologram reacting? of him reacting to it. And just, like, his <laughs> teeth... That are so white. are so
1: white. It's so weird. (laughs) I don't know why, but he, uh, the casting again, he is amazing.
0: Also, Toby Jones, who's like a really famous actor, is just
1: like... His sidekick? His sidekick,
0: (laughs) who says like almost nothing the entire time, but he's like a really well-respected actor.
1: Uh, I just love Caesar so much. He just completely takes the center stage in every scene that he's in and just chews it up and his hair and his teeth and his laugh he's like (laughs) 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 it's great
0: he's amazing yeah i love some of the interview moments and we get the sense too in book and movie that like a lot of the tributes are pissed off
1: yeah it's not just katniss and pita who are devastated at having to go back into the arena
0: joanna I love in the film, especially like swears how she's like, I, I'm getting gypped. I'm getting robbed. She's
1: like, fuck this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and they like beep it out. (laughs) Which was just
0: such a smart way of including like an F bomb without actually including it in the film. Yeah. Then we get an amazing moment with, Uh, Beatty who's played by Jeffrey Wright which Mm -hmm. this is what actually like he's a huge actor this is the first movie I ever remember him from me too because for years I kept thinking like oh he was Beatty in Mm -hmm. uh, the second Hunger Games there's a moment where Caesar asks him a question and there's kind of this (laughs) awkward pause and he like kind of quietly is like "Um, well the laws of the third quarter quell were written in by man certainly they can be unwritten.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, um, okay. In <laughs> his great voice and just
0: like being like impossible to interview. It's so funny.
1: Yeah, we get some great interview moments like we were saying with Joanna and Beattie and some of the other um, victors who are now tributes. And then, of course, we have Katniss who is forced to go up there in her wedding dress because Snow wants to make her suffer. Um, but Cinna. Has a trick up his sleeve, of course. Yes. Katniss's costume designer. Katniss twirls in her wedding gown, and it turns into a fucking mockingjay. And the
0: crowd goes crazy. They go
1: wild. And you know this is broadcasting to the districts. And you know that everyone is seeing that this mockingjay, which is a symbol of the Capitol's failed attempt to have these Jabber Jays recording people. And then they kind of like went off and went wild and did their own thing.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So this is the symbol of a rebellion and Katniss is just wearing it on stage.
0: And this is a moment where it becomes apparent that Senna is really putting himself in harm's way by doing this. Yeah. And Katniss becomes worried for him.
1: Then we have Peta's nephew. <laughs> <here. laughs> and Peta always... Fucking (laughs) nails these interviews, right? Every time. He knows what he's doing. He's prepared. He is like, I've got the crowd in the palm of my hand. He's like the successor to Caesar that Caesar didn't know he needed. This is what I love
0: about PETA, too, is that we talked about how he's just like this pure hearted person right but he also knows how to play an audience and i love yeah, that about him yeah. like he, it gives him some dimension
1: mm-hmm. and
0: an advantage in terms of like the hunger games more in like leading up to them yeah so he <laughs> he's kind of acting like distant a little mm-hmm. strange and caesar asks him about what it was it like when you found out you'd be coming back blah blah mm-hmm. blah and he Gives this whole thing about like, well, you know, it was bad. He, he first he says like we actually got married, yeah, secretly, secretly. which is a lie, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, but you know, I think I could have stood it if it wasn't for the baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he like draws it out. He's like, wasn't for if it wasn't <laughs> if it wasn't for the yes. baby. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and like just really playing up this like reality TV vibe yes. of the whole thing and like the crowd fucking loses it and Caesar's like trying to calm them down. The tiny like Oh my god. quirk
1: of the mouth that indicates like a little smile on Josh, Josh Hutchinson's face. He
0: yes, he <laughs> gives like the the tiniest hint of a smile Ugh. that is so effective and Hamish in the audience just cheers him
1: <laughs> with a bottle and I am just like losing <laughs> (laughs) my mind
0: (laughs) i mean all of this is an attempt to get the hunger games canceled yeah and he's like people will lose their shit if they know katniss is pregnant yeah and but it's not enough Mm -hmm. they find out that night it wasn't enough and
1: but i think they're also trying to create some unrest in the castle. that's true that too because this is, like, not what the Capitol really wants.
0: And there's also a moment, too, at the very end where all of the tributes hold hands. Yeah. In a show of solidarity. hmm And then I, I love, too, in the way the movie depicts this with, like, the lights turning off. Yeah. Kind of haphazardly, like, the the, the main lights and the background kind of glitches Caesar's out. like,
1: cut it, cut yes. it. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, so there is, like, this I, – I, I think this is just such a smart – It touches on what makes this sequel so good to the original Mm -hmm. because the original was very much like this is a traditional Hunger Games. Yes. You see what it's supposed to be. You
1: understand. You
0: understand it. Then the sequel comes up and you're like, what's this book even going to be about? Right. Because Katniss isn't going to go back to the Hunger Games. Right. Yeah. And and you're getting hints about an uprising, like unrest within the districts. Mm -hmm. Then you find out how they're bringing Katniss back and you're like, oh, my God, and it's, an it, it's like, kind of another Hunger Games, but not really, and you're seeing how it's differing. Yeah. Like, when they do their demonstrations for the Game Master, mm-hmm. both PETA and Katniss just do a fuck you to them. Yeah. They're like, I'm not even contributing to this. Yeah. They just, like, both do, like, a political protest just to them. Yeah. And so you're really seeing how desperate... This Hunger Games is, Mm -hmm. and how much that not only the districts are trying to rebel, but also the tributes. Yeah. And I think it's like very interesting.
1: Totally agree. We get some final scenes here between Katniss and Peta and Haymitch and Effie. We have Effie giving like a tearful goodbye to them. It's so sweet. They all have their tokens. They have the... Haymitch has the bangle. Peta has this locket. Katniss has her mocking J-pin. Effie has her gold hair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which when uh, the Hunger Games are done, she will shave her head so that it, it's all just like one solid mass. right? And we,
1: and we have Haymitch giving this kind of last thing to katniss remember who the real enemy is mm-hmm.
0: and it just seems like you're, you're kind of not sure how to take it because katniss is like yeah i know it's the capital yeah like what do you want from me that kind of thing yeah uh so they're being sent away she mm-hmm. gets like one last night to be with PETA. yeah and then they're they're sent off mm-hmm. they're once again accompanied by their uh uh (laughs) stylists which i have a reason for now okay so you were you told me when we watched the movie that you're like i don't get why the stylist goes with them yeah and i agree it's a little weird however it makes sense as far as each tribute has their own stylist yeah whereas like district 12 they share a mentor that's true and effie they share too Mm -hmm. so like if you have to guarantee they go with someone yeah they all have a stylist that's true And plus, like, they are going to get into a costume, so they probably need someone to make sure, like...
1: They look fine. And it
0: fits well and everything. So, like, I I do get it to a degree.
1: Yeah, we have Katniss saying goodbye to Cinna, and then once she's sealed up in the tube so she can't get out, uh, she has to see Cinna get, like, the shit kicked out of him and maybe killed.
0: I'm shocked because... Slight spoiler for the later movies. Cinna is dead. He doesn't come back, right? Really? I think he's alive. Is he? I don't remember. I think he's dead. Is he? I don't think he comes <laughs> back. I thought the same thing. I'm like, he gets roughed up and like beat up and yeah. like, you think he's going to be dead, but he'll probably come back. I swear to God, maybe I'll eat my words later. Okay. I, don't, I, don't I don't remember. I don't think he comes back.
1: Okay. Well, I didn't, I didn't look into it because I didn't want to spoil. Well, <laughs> I
0: guess it's still unspoiled because neither of us can agree. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is like a very devastating moment. And I think if there's one moment... To encapsulate what a good performance this is from Jennifer Lawrence, it is this moment. Yes. Because she just witnesses Cinna, a close friend, get murdered essentially right in front of her. Yeah. And then the tube begins to lift and she's being pulled up into the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. And she goes from being on her knees screaming for Cinna to having to stand up to like regain her focus. To prepare herself. In this
1: unfamiliar environment, trying to figure out what's going on, where she is, where she has to go. And it's like like
0: one unbroken shot, too. It's just like her going from like one range of emotions to the next leading up into like the beginning of The Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. And Jennifer Lawrence just fucking sells it. Like everyone in this movie is good. Yeah. She genuinely gives an Oscar worthy performance. She does. Like it pisses me off. Like I've loved her in every movie that she's done pretty much. And especially the ones that she like won Oscars for. Yeah. She should have been nominated for this, I genuinely. Know.
1: Yeah. She's just so good and she really gives it her all. It really reminds me of uh Sarah Michelle Geller and Buffy.
0: Yes. You know, yeah. a performance
1: where they're really like giving it, but like it's overlooked because it's like genre TV yes. or it's like this YA movie, mm-hmm. right? You know, and nobody cares.
0: Yeah, I mean Sarah Michelle Geller, my God, she yeah. is so good in Buffy and, and like Jennifer Lawrence would obviously get plenty of roles later to yeah. continue to like be a great actress but i mean like these movies like they would have been without her good solid well-made sci-fi ya franchise movies right yeah she alone elevates them yeah she like she has to be like grieving and angry and like sad inspirational like dead to the world she has to give like so many like Sad depictions of herself mm-hmm. as this character, but still be likable and still want you to root for her, yeah, and be relatable.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, the the burden on her shoulders of this franchise is like, immense. It is, and she just delivers nonstop throughout the whole movie.
1: It's really amazing. I like it,
0: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's ok. She's in the arena. Yes. it's crazy. It's like this ocean beach setup. A lot of stuff happens, but basically Katniss and Peter are able to get back together, and they have Finnick and Mags, four allies. And Finnick has the bangle that Hamish has, which is a symbol to her that Hamish wants her to team up with Finnick. Yeah. And so she's just trying to trust Hamish mm-hmm. here and be like, I don't really trust Finnick, but this clearly Hamish wants me to go along with this, so I'm going to go along with this.
0: It's also worth mentioning that in the movie, their costumes are cool, like kind of wetsuits. Yeah. And in the book, they're described as like... Vinyl? Like vinyl blue (laughs) jumpsuits with like purple flotation belts around them. Yeah. I'm like, that would look so bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Suzanne (laughs) Collins. Yeah.
0: It is is worth mentioning, though, how like a lot of the tributes don't know how to swim. Yeah. Or can't swim very well, which makes so much sense. And And this is
1: only something that's part of the book.
0: And yeah, and that's one of those funny things where... Reading the book where I think you have more time to think things through, that comes into mind. Yeah. Because you know why Katniss can swim? It's mentioned that her dad taught her. But I'm like, PETA probably doesn't know how to swim. There's
1: no water in District 12. No. In
0: fact, a lot of these people probably can't swim. And that becomes a factor. And you, Mm -hmm. like, think about it. But in the movie... You're just kind of along for the ride, and it doesn't have to address that. You don't think about that. It just kind of goes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an interesting comparison between just book and movie in general.
1: Totally agree. We have them kind of exploring this arena. They're off the beach. They're in the jungle now, and it's, you know, Katniss and Peeta, Finnick and Mags. And Peeta has his knife out, and he's trying to cut these, like, jungle vines and ends up using the knife to try to cut ahead of him and hitting this force field that they didn't know was there. And it actually shocks him so hard that his heart stops.
2: Pretty
0: good start. You know, PETA dies <laughs> immediately.
1: Um, fun fact, Katniss does not know what CPR is. <laughs> she did not go through any first aid training. <laughs> no. Um, cause Finnick starts doing CPR yeah. on PETA because his heart is not beating and he's not breathing. Um and Katniss is just like wailing. She's freaking out. And P- Finnick is like doing CPR. And Katniss is like what the fuck are you doing? Why to her? are you kissing him? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then she realizes what he's doing and Finnick actually manages to revive Peeta, which is mm-hmm. just like weird. Weird. Like I mean, Finnick didn't kill peta or try to kill peta but like and and katniss didn't even know what cpr was yeah so finnick easily could have done nothing yeah and it would have been fine and she wouldn't even have blamed him Mm -hmm. but he went out of his way to save peta yeah that's weird
1: this scene though of katniss freaking out about peta Uh. devastates me every time i read about it i see it it's so emotional. Jennifer
0: Lawrence, when she says your heart stopped and her, like, voice is breaking. Yeah. Once again, I mean, just Jennifer Lawrence, her performance, <laughs> just out of this world. She
1: really sells it. And this is a moment here when you're, like, she loves PETA. Yeah. She really does. And, like, she cannot do this without him. Mm-hmm. And to, to have that moment where she thought that he was gone it was so devastating to her. And it's just... Ugh. <laughs>
0: ah. <laughs> let's get to some poison fog yes so they managed to make camp for the night and katniss witnesses like some fog rolling in mm-hmm. and she quickly realizes oh this is poisonous we should run as fast as we can the way it blisters their skin Ugh. is so gross the
1: effect is really good it's though in great. the movie yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: These kind of pustules that form like on their skin. Mm -hmm. So they're running. PETA is still like not doing well because he like died. You know, so like (laughs) he's still recovering from that. Finnick is having to carry mags on his back. Yeah. They're like barely keeping ahead of it, trying to escape.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And things are getting like really bad. At one point they get a moment where they're trying to like regroup and the fog is still coming. PETA isn't doing well. Someone needs to carry him, but Finnick can't because he's carrying mags and... Uh, Katniss can't carry Mags. So Mags just, like, she kisses Finnick, like, right on the mouth. Yeah. And then just walks into the fog. hmm And it's so sad. And, like, Finnick is just... And I think more time is given to this in the film, and it's done really well, where you can tell how much Mags meant to Finnick.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But they have no time to mourn, because they just have to keep going.
1: hmm They are finally able to escape the fog and end up getting into the water, which ends up, like, kind of... Healing their wounds from this fog pustule thing.
0: Unfortunately, they are in Monkey Lake, <laughs> they're which in they didn't monkey know. <laughs> <laughs> in the film they or I'm sorry, in the book they actually make it back to the main water. Mm-hmm. And it's they're kind of on the edge of there where the monkeys attack, but monkeys attack is the point.
1: Monkeys attack, and they seem like they're out for blood. <laughs> um we have a moment here where one of the other tributes who's like apparently addicted to drugs. Uh, steps in front of Peta when a monkey's about to attack and takes the monkey attack. So Pita is straight, safe.
0: Straight to the chest. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's really, she was like hidden. Yeah. So she didn't need to reveal herself, but she did to save him. Mm-hmm. So one of those moments where I think reading it in the book, you're kind of like, wait, wait what? what What happened? Yeah. Because it, it's kind of described from Katniss's point of view of being disorienting and like what's going on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh. So yeah, this kind of weird occurrence happens and they're not even sure what happened but just like i think she saved me yeah i also want to mention here concerning the monkey attack that the cgi effects of this film are fantastic
1: yeah they hold up yeah
0: all of them are great mm-hmm. you get a lot of really good simulation effects of like the fog later when the water is surging yes down um the hill into the main water and mm-hmm. kind of it hitting the cornucopia and like all those water simulations look fantastic. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, like, all of it is good.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can tell this film has a bigger budget than the first
0: one. I I talked about it in the first episode. I think this one has, like, almost twice the budget (laughs) of the original. Oh, my God. Which I can believe. Like, it's way more CGI heavy. Mm -hmm. But it's all done really well.
1: Yeah, it holds up. And I think it really comes through in these moments, right? Yeah. With these monkeys, these killer monkeys. (laughs) Because I could
0: easily look silly and dumb and, like, not... Like distracting, mm-hmm. but I mean, I mean, animal like fully CGI animals like that, yeah. aren't always executed the best. No, they're not. But they do, they do it really well here.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, around this time after they escape the monkeys, they are joined by Joanna, uh, Beatty and YRS.
0: Yeah, uh, they are soaked in blood from another <laughs> part of the jungle.
1: Yes, which leads them to figure out from YRS. Constantly saying, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Yes. That this arena is a clock.
0: Yeah, which like the way it was described before, they were kind of sectioned off on their platforms to like to a pair. Mm-hmm. So there were like 12 div- zones, zones dividing parts coming off the cornucopia. And they're like, oh, my God, this is it's shaped like a big donut, essentially, with the water part in the middle Mm -hmm. and lightning strikes the same tree at midnight every night. And so they realize that on every hour, a different section of the forest is
1: activated. Yes. We've got the fog. We've got the monkeys. There's the blood area. There's the lightning area. There's the wave that happens. And there's like maybe an insect thing going on in one of the other areas. I love that
0: they can't. They don't have time to address all 12. Yeah. And some are just like alluded to, like the insects. Mm-hmm. like, let's just, let's not go in there. Yeah,
1: maybe don't go into that area.
0: <laughs> but it leads Katniss to kind of realize that like, this is a very intense arena. And they're all dying much faster than the first Hunger Games. Yeah. Like eight die originally. And then I think after the first day, like eight more die. Mm-hmm. And she's like, there's already a third of us left. Yeah. And also the arena feels small compared to the
2: yeah, others. Yeah, they're like
1: penned in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It forces them to be in, in this zone where it pushes them together. So there's more killings. Mm-hmm. So this group is now kind of teamed up here. Um, Oh, and then we have the Jabberjays, right?
0: Yeah, we get a scene where they're in the cornucopia area. Oh, yeah. And this is kind of one of the only times that we see Plutarch in the control room fucking with them. Yeah. Where he has the cornucopia spin mm-hmm. to disorient them and they don't know how that affects the clock or anything.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, that's a whole action scene because they also get attacked.
1: Oh, and Wyrus is killed. And Wyrus
0: is killed. I just, I, I think this book and movie are interesting compared to the first one because in the first Katniss was on her own. Yes. A large majority of the time mm-hmm. when she wasn't with PETA. So it was either like the two of them or just her, right?
1: Yeah. Or with Rue.
0: Or Rue, that's, yeah, Rue 2, but, like, Rue 2. Uh, but in this one, it's this large group of them that have joined forces yeah. against the careers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I love the different dynamics. I love how just angry Joanna is the whole time. Yeah. How Finnick is kind of, like, she can never really trust him, even though she has a lot of reasons to. Mm-hmm. BT is, like, she describes him as, like, a teacher half the time. Like, he's older and, like, always explaining things to them. Yeah. Virus is kind of crazy. hmm I just love this dynamic between all of them.
1: It's really interesting to get to meet and get to know these characters because, like you were saying in the first book and movie, we knew all these other characters would die, right? Yes. And now we're expecting the same thing, but we don't know, mm-hmm. right? We're like, well, maybe they won't die. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's
0: the funny thing is, like, she keeps thinking about, we're going to have to kill each other at some yeah, point. And yeah. I don't know if I can keep hanging out with them knowing that we're going to have to do that.
1: Yeah, so the whole time Katniss is wanting to leave. Yeah. She doesn't want to stay teamed up with them. Um, and Peta eventually convinces her to stay, but she's really of the mind that she's getting too attached to them, I think. Yeah. And she's trying to maintain that distance that she'll need to kill them. But there's this sense of like, Something being wrong, why, right? Because we talked about, like, people saving PETA and, like, that being yes. weird.
0: Even in the attack, it looked like Finnick protected PETA from, like, a spear at one point. Yeah. And she's like, why is everyone saving PETA's ass? Like, yeah. what is going on here? Like, why are so many of people, like... Because and, and when Joanna... Joanna says the line earlier about, like, referring to BD and Wirus. Like, mm-hmm. I saved them for you. Yeah, and She's like,
1: what? For me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And... Peta says something about like, well, you wanted them for allies, so maybe this was her way of joining forces. Like, yeah. But there's something there. There's constantly things going on, and I think the movie conveys this effectively too. Mm-hmm. Where just something's off that you don't know. Yeah. We get the Jabberjay scene,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where we find out one of the zones is full of Jabberjays, which are these birds created by the Capitol that can mimic human speech. Yeah. And all of them are mimicking. The anguished cries of loved ones. Mm
1: -hmm. Katniss hears Prim screaming in the woods, runs after her. Finnick follows her, and Finnick ends up hearing someone called Annie. Mm -hmm. And then they try to come back when they realize it's just Jabberjays, And they realize there's like a force field up or like a wall up. That keeps them in the Jabberjay zone. Yeah. So they just have to keep hearing it. This scene is also really upsetting between Katniss and Peeta uh, because PETA is trying to be with her. He wants to just like protect her and he yeah. can't reach her. She can't hear him. He can't touch her. Yeah. It's so upsetting. And
0: she just has to like crumple into a fetal position. Yeah. Yeah. And get through the hour essentially.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I like this because we find out later who Annie is to Finnick. Yeah, she was another Victor from District Four mm-hmm. that he kind of formed a relationship with. And I love this because Finnick is kind of seen by the Capitol as kind of this playboy. Yeah, this kind of handsome, suave kind of guy who like has all this all these relationships.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he gave he he gave a really sweet message during his interview to like his his gal yeah and of course everyone thinks like oh he's talking to a capital woman every woman thinks it's like to her Mm -hmm. that kind of thing but katniss realizes like that message was to annie
1: yeah and
0: it's this woman who was really mentally scarred from her hunger games Mm
1: -hmm. she's the woman that mags volunteered for
0: yes yeah who yeah mags volunteered for and so finnick clearly has some kind of deep personal relationship with her mm-hmm. and she means a lot to him
1: yeah uh we get a moment here in the movie with joanna where joanna is kind of like talking to katniss about this and the whole anything and then she has this line where she starts screaming at president snow just in the arena. And she's like, you can't keep putting everyone in here. <laughs> and I'm like, has this happened before? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's in the book, too. Oh, is at it? At least a version of okay. it. Her kind of, like, defying the capital on camera. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so the Jabberjay attack. Now they're all on the beach. There's, I think, three other victors besides their group mm-hmm. that are still out there. They're mostly careers. Yeah. But we get this plan forming, right? Mm -hmm. BT is like, I know how to kill a bunch of people at once. Let's electrocute them. I
1: love electrocuting It's his (laughs) go-to. He knows
0: what to do. So they form this plan. He's had this spool of wire with him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what we're going to do is this. So what happens is this wave comes Mm -hmm. at, like, let's say 11 o'clock. I forget the exact timing. This huge wave comes, hits the main pool of water in the middle, and it kind of soaks the entire surrounding beach, right? Yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to leave because the careers aren't here. And the only reason they're not here is because we're here. Mm-hmm. This is where the food is. This is where the safety is. If we leave, they'll come here. So we're going to leave at 11 o'clock. The water is going to flood this area. We're going to connect this wire to that tree to get struck by lightning at noon. Lead it to the water and that current is going to electrify not just the water, but the surrounding beach. Yeah. So hopefully all the careers are lured into this area by our absence. And then at midnight,
1: they'll get electrocuted.
0: They'll get electrocuted and we'll kill them all.
1: So they all kind of agree to this plan, even though I love in the book, they're like, none of us understand it because we didn't learn like electricity <laughs> in school. Um but Candace and PETA do get this like moment together here where the two of them are trying to each convince each other to, like, not try to save the other and to just save themselves. Yeah. Because, uh, of course, we know that Katniss wants Peeta to live. And Peeta only wants Katniss to live. And they're both trying to convince each other. And it ends in this moment where they're kissing. And in the book, Katniss describes this as feeling real, right? Yeah. This feeling like a real kiss and that she's feeling something from this. This isn't just an act for the Capitol. So there's a lot of conflicting feelings leading into this final act here.
0: Yeah. PETA gives her the locket that was his token, which she just thought was a necklace, but it's actually a locket of photos of her family and mm-hmm. Gale. And she's like, Oh my god, PETA, stop being like the perfect human being. You're killing me. <laughs> but she's still determined and she's like, Okay, if we actually kill these careers at midnight, yeah, we're off. Like we have it's just to you and me. let's separate. Mm-hmm. And he kind of agrees to that. Yeah. So more time is spent around the preparation in the book. But essentially in, in the film, it gets a little more to the chase. They climb the hill going up to the tree that get struck at midnight. BT like is doing his whole wire thing around mm-hmm. the tree. And then they have to separate here because BT is like, I have to stay here. I need people to protect me. It's a, it's kind of a deal. He's like, you promised me if I did this, you'd protect me till midnight.
1: Yeah. And
0: they're like, OK, but people have to take the wire down. Mm-hmm. So Katniss and Joanna agree. To go down with the wire, even though that means she's going to be separated from PETA.
1: Yeah, which she doesn't initially want to do, and PETA doesn't want to do it either, but they kind of both are roped into this situation. As Katniss and Peta, or Katniss and Joanna are bringing the wire down, suddenly Joanna kind of, like, hits her over the head. Well, first the wire the is wire, cut. The
0: wire gets cut. So they
1: know that someone's out there. The
0: careers kind of, like, intercepted the wire between them and cut it. Yeah. Joanna suddenly strikes... Uh, Katniss on the head with the spool of wire. Mm -hmm. And the next thing Katniss knows is like Joanna's like digging into her arm with a knife. Yeah. And she thinks like she's killing me like what is she doing but then she says stay down and don't say anything. And And then then runs off. And then she takes off and the careers go after her and she's like what the fuck is happening. Mm -hmm. And then she's suddenly worried about Peta. Like are they getting attacked? So she she sees Finnick go past but she hides. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know who to trust anymore. Yeah. peta has gone and she finds... BT on the ground, unconscious, with the wire attached to a knife. knife? And she's like, did he try, like, breaking into the force field with this? Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck is happening? Like, it's just kind of pandemonium. This
1: is chaos. And I love how disoriented Katniss is. And here's the thing. If you watch this movie and you're like, this is very confusing. It's confusing in the book, too. She doesn't quite understand what's happening. Yeah. And she's like, BT was trying to do something. But failed in some way. And I don't exactly know why.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: eventually she figures out that he was trying to get the wire into the force field. And she sees like this, she calls it the chink in the force field. Yeah. Like the weakness in the force field that she was able to see earlier because Beattie and Wires pointed it out to her in mm-hmm. the training area. And in the movie, there's a scene where Finnick comes up and she's almost going to shoot Finnick. And then Finnick kind of says... Remember who the real enemy is, which is what Haymitch told her.
0: Yeah. And it's this moment where I think she still doesn't know what's going on. But she has to trust, right? She she decides to trust Finnick. And I really love the weight this is given in the movie, right? Because we get scenes of Snow watching the Hunger Games, right? Mm -hmm. Which we can't get in the book. It's all limited perspective. But like in the film, we see Snow watching. And when Katniss has the bow drawn on on Finnick. Finnick- He's like, do it.
1: Yeah. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Show your true colors. Yes,
0: like shoot your uh, partner Mm -hmm. on live TV and show people who you really are. Yeah. But she doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I love that.
1: She shoots it into the force field and then the lightning hits the tree, exploding the entire arena and the force field goes down. Katniss and Finnick and everyone else in the vicinity are kind of like blown like out of the area. Yeah, And then... It's chaos, right?
0: I love the visual of, you know, because she, she tied the wire to her bow. So as soon as the lightning struck, she shot it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you see, like, the the arrow flying in this, like, electrified line mm-hmm. leading up to it. And then when it hits the dome in the film, it's just, like.
1: Fizzles out. Fizzles
0: out. And, like, the the entire communications, like, the, the visuals for the games are cut out. They
1: lose power. And
0: Snow is, like, oh, Fuck.
1: Yeah. And he's looking for Plutarch and, uh, wait, Plutarch's nowhere to be found. Yes. Katniss is like almost comatose on the ground mm-hmm. and she sees like a crane, like ripping apart this dome of the arena above her. Mm. It looks like a, a machinery is pulling it off.
0: I couldn't tell if it was just falling apart. Cause like, but then the, the hovercraft comes in. So, yeah. cause that seemed to be where she shot the arrow. Mm hmm. But a hovercraft comes in the the crane machine arm comes down grabs and her gets its prize pulls her up <laughs> and she's just like you said just stunned just like unable to like do anything and mm-hmm. and in the book she's thinking like this is the capital they're going to punish me now. Yeah. I'm about to die in a slow torturous way. Mm-hmm. She's on a hovercraft in the book she actually sees Plutarch mm-hmm. which she doesn't know what's going on yet. Yeah. And she, when she regains consciousness, she grabs a hold of a syringe nearby. She mm-hmm. sees they also got BT, but, like, nobody else. Yeah. And she's like, I have to find PETA if he's still alive. I and have kill to kill him, him before the capital. <laughs> and can, then
1: kill myself. And then kill
0: myself. Murder, <laughs> yeah. suicide. Let's go. This book gets so dark. It
1: really does. She's ready. Um, But she finds Plutarch, Hamish, Finnick. All in one area together.
0: Just sitting around talking.
1: And Beatty's already there. So it's, it's all of them. And this is where this comes out. And I think it's interesting that in the book, we just have like a summary here. We don't have the dialogue.
2: Mm. The book oh, is yes. kind of like, yeah. and then
1: she found out this and this and this. Yeah. It kind of skips past this part, which I find very interesting. And I don't really know why. If she was like, this is getting too long.
0: I don't know from a writer's point of view, if it would just be too much to have this all in like, actual dialogue and quotes like hamish just saying a bunch of things that happened i it might not have read well i don't know but i agree it's kind of like here's a one long paragraph summary of Mm -hmm. what was going on but we
1: do get it in the movie where they explain like oh plutarch was undercover trying to incite rebellion in the capital this whole time yeah and half of the district's that were sending these tributes that were victors, knew about this plot to break everyone out.
0: To varying degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like Finnick, Mags knew, which is why she was so willing to sacrifice herself. The one Morphling from yeah. District 6? I don't remember. Who sacrificed herself. Because they told her like, we told them to protect you and Peta, Yeah. Because we knew... PETA mattered to you most. And
1: you wouldn't cooperate with the other, with the rest of the group if PETA was dead. And they,
0: yes. And they also told her, we didn't tell you because the Capitol was watching you so closely Mm -hmm. that we didn't think we could tell you without informing the Capitol.
1: And they basically tell her, they're like, we had to save you because you are the Mockingjay. You are the symbol of the rebellion Mm -hmm. to everyone now. Also, District 13, it exists. Also, that's where the center of the rebellion is. A lot of other districts have rebelled. The revolution is starting. We need you to be the figurehead. We used you this whole time. We didn't tell you about it. Oh, also, the Capitol got PETA.
0: Yeah. I love the mixed emotions of this Mm -hmm. because, like, a lot of them survived, right? Which yeah. is not what you were expecting, given this is Hunger Games, right? Yeah. But, like, Katniss was used. Yeah. And even though their explanation seems justified mm-hmm. of, like, we didn't think we could get the message
1: to you. Yeah.
0: It still feels like she was. Kind of
1: half-assed.
0: Yeah, like, kind of like she was betrayed. Yeah. And is, like, very upset about it. And then, of course, they let PETA get captured. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's a very mixed feeling at the end which i think is interesting and
1: katniss feels betrayed specifically by haymitch and i love that she calls haymitch out on this in the movie she says you son of a bitch (laughs) and i love this yeah in in the book um they talk about her specifically like raking her nails across his face yeah and just being like you lied to me you You, motherfucker in
0: in the movie i love she's like saying you lied to me you're a liar and she they like shoot a drug into her and she's like passing out but she's like still saying like you lied to me you're a liar yeah as she's like going unconscious
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah like
1: and ah. she's angrier i think more than anything that they didn't save pita
0: mm-hmm. even
1: not that they used her but that Peta was not saved
0: one well, too i love too, in the book you get like an internal thought from katniss about how peta in her mind would be a great leader for the rebellion yeah and i think she even speculates she wonders if that's why people are saving him yeah because like he the crowd does love him
1: Mm -hmm. and he
0: is good at like giving speeches and and,
1: he's pure of heart and
0: saying the right thing and Mm -hmm. in her mind she's like he would be a great leader for the rebellion yeah so i love that they chose katniss instead not even like Necessarily because she's the right choice, but just because that's who became- The symbol? Yeah, she just happened to become the Mockingjay symbol. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you're it. Like, we didn't even, like, decide this. Everyone else did. Yeah. And even if PETA would have been better, we had to prioritize you over him. Mm -hmm. And I just find that really interesting.
1: Yeah. Then we get a final scene of Gail showing up to Katniss Mm -hmm. and telling her that, I got your family out- But there is no District 12 anymore.
0: They firebombed it after the events of the Hunger
1: Games. Yeah. So, yeah. And then we get this amazing (laughs) shot of Katniss's face, Jennifer Lawrence's face. Her, again, this is her dealing with so many emotions, processing it right before our eyes. But you see the devastation and the hurt turning to anger and rage, and then turning into this, like, steely determination, like, I'm gonna fucking get you. Yeah. And I love it. I do, too. And then it goes into the the fire on the Mockingjay. Yeah, jay. I don't know how- I like it, okay? Oh.
0: <laughs> Leave me alone. No, I don't dislike it. I think it's, like, a little jarring at first, like, it almost mm-hmm. feels like, it almost feels like a, like, a stay tuned for the Mockingjay <laughs> part one. Yeah. Like, a, a little bit like that, like, kind of, um- a, a, Marvel after credits, like leading you into the next movie, but i I do think it still captures the the feelings of that moment mm-hmm. and then we get a cold place song to end it.
1: Oh, this is a great song. It is good. I love this song i
0: I read that um Ed Sheeran, yeah, can contributed three songs he submitted three songs for this movie they turned down every one of them
1: what apparently
0: he just could not get the right tone or song for this like oh my god i don't know if it would have been this song i imagine it would have been but they're like nah we're gonna go cold play
1: (laughs) i mean this is a great song (laughs) you
0: can't deny the the final impact atlas it's great Mm -hmm. wow it's like an hour and a half babe
1: wow we did it we
0: i can't believe we got through this
1: okay now, which one is better? We're not done yet, Ian. We're not. We're not. <laughs> I I know what I want to say. I know what I want to say. Okay. One, the, two, two, three. Hey, the movie. movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is tight, though.
0: It's so tough. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where I feel bad saying the movie because the movie is so faithful to the. Book, I know. We're like the dialogue, the plotting, mm-hmm. the general. The the general plot and pacing and just, like, it's everything. It's very faithful. It's very faithful. It's just one of those things where I think, like, the performances...
1: It's truly the performances. ...do
0: so much to elevate the material, specifically Jennifer Lawrence, as we've said ten times. Yeah. But, like, I mean, Woody Harrelson...
1: Josh Hutchinson. Josh Hutchinson,
0: the side characters, Caesar, like... Mm-hmm. ...every performance just does so well and just gives so much life to the characters.
2: Yeah. And it also...
0: Gives a little bit more context in terms of breaking out of that limited perspective of Katniss. I do yes. like the snow and Plutarch scenes. Mm-hmm. I also like it, the way it trimmed down some of the plot. Yes. Specifically before the Hunger Games begins or are announced, where
1: they're just in the district. It's yeah.
0: winter. Things are bad. It's snowing. It's snowing. Like the writing is still so good that you're like still invested the whole time. Oh, yeah. But it does also feel like stuff that when the movie's going in glosses over a lot of it you don't miss it mm-hmm. yeah
1: I, I I don't I know. mean we've said before these movies are just perfectly cast mm-hmm. you know we've got Finnick we've got Joanna Beatty yeah you know Caesar Hamish, Effie everybody is just doing the best in their role yes and they they play off each other so well the chemistry is amazing mm-hmm. um so it's just really cool to see this happen and brought to life yeah. in in the way that you want. And so I can't help but slightly favor the movie because of that. Yeah. But I mean, so much is owed to the book.
0: And, and Suzanne Collins writes so well, right? Yeah. I, she does such a good job of fleshing out characters, emotions, where the characters are at, and then... The way she structures the story between chapters, like, she almost always ends her chapters on some kind of a cliffhanger. Yeah. Which, in the other books of hers, the other series. The
1: Underland Chronicles. Gregory the
0: Overlander, yeah. Uh, she also does that. Like, she's just yeah. really good at that mm-hmm. and keeping you reading and, like, so invested. Yeah. Even when the stuff that's going on, like, isn't that interesting, mm-hmm. she just writes so well. Yeah. Um, Which is why I still feel guilty saying the movie, but, I mean the movie is kind of the best of everything, right?
1: Yeah, and I just really loved getting to read this book again, getting to watch this movie again, talk about it. I mean, these themes of resistance and, you know, this authoritarian political system mm-hmm. and trying to stand up for what's right. And also like this idea of the media and yeah. like this public image and everything, the
0: tactics of government trying to distract people from the real problem. Yeah.
1: Pit each other against each other, pity pit them against each <laughs> other. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. To distract from the real issues from this capital who. Are the ultra rich, the 10% or whatever, like taking the 1%, taking all the money and people starving in the districts and all these people in the capital vomiting so that they can eat more food, you Mm -hmm. know, just really highlighting the inequality of the system. These are themes that have not gone away you know what I mean these are themes that are still relevant now and I feel the same way as I felt when we read the fifth Harry Potter book yes yeah where I was like I feel like this is hitting me harder reading it now as an adult than when I read it when I was a teenager
0: absolutely and in fact like if there's anything Negative. It's that I want more.
1: Yes, more of a statement. Part
0: of me like wants to know more about the capital, right? Because I'm like, there has to be laborers within the capital, right? Like not everyone. Like you have to have people serving the cocktails that everyone's drinking and like cleaning up all the barf from these parties, right? Like, there has to be a working class within the capital, right? Yeah. And, like, we've talked in the past about the peacekeepers and, like, do they come from the districts that they, like, enforce or do they come from the capital? And if they come how from does the that work? Capitol, like how, do, how are they recruited? Like, there's more I want to know. Mm. But I also understand that it would probably just weigh down the story yeah. to include too much exposition. But, like, it's a really interesting setup. Yeah. And Suzanne Collins has just done such a great job of, like, expanding that world mm-hmm. in this book yeah and kind of furthering the civil unrest and leading us into the next book which is a full-on rebellion yeah and there is no hunger games in the next book <laughs> yeah other than the hunger games of existing
1: <laughs> <laughs> the hunger games that we all face every yes day. <laughs> day to day <laughs> um so yeah slightly movie but the book is awesome let's do a lightning round let's do lightning so the first thing I want to mention for lightning round, and I don't remember if we talked about this, this in the first episode or not, but Katniss has specifically said in the book that she doesn't want to have kids. Yes. And she talks about why in different parts of the first book and the second book, because she doesn't want to have kids that will have to be entered into the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to put that on children. And she doesn't want to put, do that to herself, yeah. to have to deal with her kids having to be entered, potentially watching them die. And then there's something else that she kind of thinks about in the second book where she talks about how a lot of the Victor's kids end up in the arena.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: she's like, it couldn't have just been pure odds. Like, I think the Capitol rigged it. So their kids would go into the the arena because it's better TV to have these victors to have their kids go into the arena and be killed. Mm -hmm. And so this is sort of like strengthening her resolve to not want to have kids. But this is part of her feeling trapped by the Capitol because she feels like she has to marry Peta. They're going to want her to have kids and then they're going to take those kids away from her and put them in the arena. And it's just this like. Cycle of being trapped, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, I yeah. That detail was like really interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: onto the, so <laughs> there's a scene where they are kind of going over the various um tributes for this Hunger Games, mm-hmm. and they get to Mags, who is like 70. Yeah, and Hamage mentions how Mags is really close to Finnick, and mm-hmm. Finnick will probably protect her and katniss makes this kind of like comment about i mean she's like 70 who like how could finnick think she's going to like survive like 10 seconds in the arena he's not
1: going to protect her when it comes down to it yeah, yeah. and haymitch like
0: <laughs> suddenly is like well katniss i hope when she goes that it's quick cuz she's actually a very sweet lady <laughs>
1: You're just like, oh, God. Kind of making Katniss feel bad. (laughs) Like a
0: shit. It's great. It's such a, like, it's (laughs) funny, but, like, (laughs) awful, but so good. I also think it strengthens her resolve later for when she actually wants to team. Like,
1: it
0: reminds her of her humanity, too, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, But it's like, we both cracked up so (laughs) hard when, because, like, Haymitch, of all people, to suddenly, like, bring it back down and be like, I actually have, like, this really strong emotional connection (laughs) to this person. (laughs)
1: Uh, So I want to mention a couple things that are a little connected. Uh, In the books, each victor is supposed to have a talent. And Katniss's talent, because she has no talents except shooting with arrows, (laughs) um, is apparently fashion design. And Cinna is just making it up for her. He's just (laughs) helping her with it. But a little bit connected to that, I did want to point out a couple of Katniss's outfits in the movie that I really liked. already talked about some of her looks um, when she's at the ball and when she's being interviewed by Caesar, but, um, there's this really great scene when she's in the forest with Gail right at the beginning and she's wearing this like chunky scarf that's yes. also kind of like sweater, like shawl looking. Love it.
0: I read that was kind of a nod. I don't know if there was a deleted scene or not, but it mm-hmm. was a nod to her trying to design clothing.
1: Oh, interesting. Cause they're
0: like, it is very distinctive and was supposed yeah. to kind of like allude to that
1: i really liked it it's very much like in the winter a really like functional and also stylish piece of clothing and then the scene where she and pita are reaped um when they know they're going to be chosen for the quarter quell katniss is wearing like this gray jumpsuit with these like heavy boots and this kind of like um brown belt kind of in between and it's
0: sleeveless it's
1: sleeveless it's very like um, Russian dissenter <laughs> in the middle of communism being sent to like be a political prisoner in Siberia <laughs> for like trying to like oppose the regime. Like, yeah. it, it's giving that vibe so strong. I love it so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> good, 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 and accurate
1: description.
0: Uh, I have a couple things that are also like loosely tied yeah. together. So, uh, we didn't talk about avoxes at all, and mm-hmm. actually the movies kind of ignored this almost completely. But in the first book, uh, there's an avox girl who Katniss kind of knew, and this is someone who's had their tongue removed yes. by the Capitol, and, and then
1: are now they're a slave. They're a
0: slave essentially, and in the book, a peacekeeper from her district was mm-hmm. actually turned into an AVOX and like assigned to her kind of as a thing to like emotionally disrupt her. I think yeah, because it was someone that she did kind of know personally. So Mm -hmm. that was really fucked up. But there's a line in the book that was kind of funny where she's showing up to uh, her, her floor of the training center and she's told like, Oh, you'll have the same AVOX as last year. And she's like, Oh good. Like, it'll be nice to have like another friend with me. And I'm like, (laughs) She can't speak.
1: (laughs) She's not your friend, Katniss. She's not your friend. Like, she can't
0: even, like, she might hate you. Like, you don't know anything about her. Like, let's not jump to conclusions. (laughs) About your friends. About your friends. Um, Then there's another line that is disconnected from that, but, like, really cracked me up, where at one point in the book, her and Joanna are really at odds. And Mm -hmm. Katniss, like, I forget if she's kind of, like, holding a knife or something in a kind of semi-threatening manner. But Joanna looks at it, and she says... Go ahead, try it. I don't care if you are knocked up. I'll rip your throat out. I, just her using the term knocked up and yeah. saying she'll rip her throat out. Like, I laughed so hard, like, out loud reading that part. It was great.
1: Oh, I also remember a line of Katniss being reminded by Finnick that she's pregnant. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm pregnant. Maybe I should throw up or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be pregnant. Yeah, people
0: like Finn, Yeah, people keep mentioning it to yeah. her. And she's like, what are you talking about? Oh, the, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my belly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh
0: that's it for lightning round that's it for this episode yeah thank you so much for what a listening oh god uh i'm so happy that we're doing this series i yeah. can't wait to do the next two yeah uh if you want to god what, what do you want to do if you want to leave us a review <laughs> uh, on apple podcasts or spotify it's extremely helpful mm-hmm. if you want to become a patron That is even more helpful. We have great content for you. Every month we're releasing new bonus episodes this upcoming month for November, or I guess the current month. We are doing the original Star Wars trilogy. Yes. We did the prequels already Mm -hmm. as a bonus episode. So if you become a patron, you can listen to our prequels episode. You can listen to the next episode coming up on the originals.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram. Twitter and Facebook. We're also on TikTok a little bit. So Oh yeah. Well, yeah, a bit. <laughs> find us. Um also like if you know other people who would like the podcast and just tell other people about our podcast, that's helpful too. And you know what? It's just really great to hear from you all. So if you want yes. to send us an email, um, write to us at cover tocreditspod at gmail.com. We love hearing what you thought of the episode, your thoughts on the books and movies or TV shows that we're discussing. It really means a lot to us when you reach out. Um, it's cool to know that other people are with us on this journey. Um, so yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, We got an an email recently from someone who listened to our Kite Runner episode and was telling telling us how much they liked that episode in particular and how they started listening to others. So like, seriously, like if there's. Anything, any content that you enjoyed or like want to send us an email about or anything mm-hmm. like that. We love getting emails. So don't hesitate.
1: Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. We will see see you next time.
2: <laughs> see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.